0: hey welcome back to the podcast i'm brian and this is our weird world So it's November 1st today, as I'm recording this. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get an episode out last week, leading up to Halloween. I had a very hectic week, very busy. I didn't have a lot of free time to be able to record anything. I apologize about that to all my regular listeners. I appreciate you, uh, all that have sub- are subscribed and and listen regularly. Um, yeah, I do appreciate it. So thank you. Um, so I'm trying to. Get some episodes out. Um, I wanted to keep on the theme of kind of the Halloween stuff, uh, spooky things, hauntings, et cetera, Because I wasn't able to get that episode out last week, get anything out last week. So I thought I'd go back and do some some stories on some spooky stuff, some hauntings, etc., things like that. Yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to keep in in the theme of of hauntings and spooky stuff, even though Halloween just happened. Uh, I have some other stuff planned here for November that are going to be more into uh, true crime events, things like that. Um, But still, I wanted to get some of these spooky stuff. So Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to look at some haunted places actually here where I live. So I live in a town called Rio Rancho in New Mexico, which is just northwest of Albuquerque. If you live in the area or familiar with it, you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But for for those that don't, I know I have a lot of listeners on the other side of the country, or and I have a lot of people up in the uh, UK area. So thanks for listening. I've seen a lot of I have a lot of listeners in Belgium. That's awesome. Even some people out in the Middle East and even uh, in Asia. So thank you. I'm glad you're listening. Hope you're enjoying it. So for those of you that aren't familiar, Albuquerque is basically in the center of New Mexico, in the southwest portion of the U.S. Albuquerque is the largest city. in New Mexico it's the most populous it is not the capital Santa Fe is actually the state capital which is about give or take an hour north of Albuquerque but like I said I live in Rio Rancho which is just outside of Albuquerque I can drive literally five minutes and be in Albuquerque but like for example if I wanted to go to the airport it's about 45 minutes from my house it just gives you kind of a rough idea of where I live but Albuquerque itself and this part of the US is A very older part of the country, even before the U.S. became a country, Albuquerque has actually been a city for over 300 years now. Our country hasn't even been a country that long. So Albuquerque is like, it's kind of this crossroads of of a lot of different cultures coming together. There's a lot of Native American culture uh, from the indigenous, indigenous Native Americans that have lived here for centuries, as well as a lot of Spanish culture from the Spaniards that came over. There's a lot of European culture here. There's, there's a lot of Germans that came over. I know a lot of Germans found their way to Texas. Uh, that's where a lot of my family comes from. But you see, uh, still see a lot of that even here. But most of what you see here tends to be a lot of uh, Native American, Spanish, and also, of course, Mexican. Because we're right on the Mexico border. There's, there's a huge influence of, of Mexican culture here as well. It, it's actually really nice. If you're into those type of cultures, Spanish, Mexican... Native American there's a lot of really cool stuff out of out here a lot of great rich history but with that because there's so much of this history and and so it goes back centuries there's bound to be a lot of bad things you know there's a lot of conflict and wars that happened here in this part of the world in this part of our country so you're going to tend to get a lot of uh uh, I guess you'd say evil or bad spirits or, or, or bad energy, I guess you could say, around certain areas, uh, certain places, certain things, if you will. So that's kind of what I want to talk about here today is within my hometown of Albuquerque. I was actually born and raised here. I've lived in other parts of the country. I, I've, I know I mentioned in previous episodes, I was in the U.S. Navy. I got to live in Virginia. I got to live in San Diego. I've been all around the world. When I was in the Navy, got to see a lot of different stuff, but I did come back to Albuquerque. Um, I do like it here. I I know sometimes I complain about it to friends and family, but I guess that's to be expected. Anywhere you live, you're going to find something negative about it. But overall, I do like living here. It is, it is a very nice place. But again, there's all this history, so there's bound to be some pretty good stories of like haunted places or hauntings or things like that, right? Sure, yeah, of course. That's exactly what I want to talk about today. So I want to talk about some of the I guess more popular or infamous ones, I guess you could say, here in Albuquerque. Again, if you're from here, if you've been here, you might be familiar with some of these places. But for those of you that aren't, I hope you can get a little bit out of this. If you ever come here, maybe go check out some of these places. I, I've been to most of these, not all of them, but I've been to a lot of these places I'm gonna talk about. And they are, it, just from a tourist kind of aspect, they're, they're really neat to just go check out and, and take a look, they're, they're cool places. So the first place I actually want to talk about is a place called the Church Street Cafe. Now I've been here personally. It's a great little cafe. They have really good food. If you're ever in Albuquerque, go check them out. They're near the what's called the Old Town area of Albuquerque. Um, it's literally because it's like the older part of Albuquerque, so they call it Old Town. Really nice places, really cool stuff down there. It can be a bit touristy. Certain times of year it can be very busy with out of towners, but that I mean it's to be expected. But yeah, it is a very nice nice older part of town. But this cafe is, is I definitely recommend it. They have very good food. So go check it out if you're ever here. So church, the Church Street Cafe originally was not a cafe. It was actually a private residence that had 18 rooms in it. And it was considered a hacienda. Those are very common types of homes here in the Southwest. Now it had actually been built originally back in the early 1700s. Again, as a private residence for a family called the Ruiz family, excuse me, Ruiz, R U I Z. Now, this family home became known as Casa de Ruiz because it was a family residence for this family in the area. And it stayed within the Ruiz family for almost 200 years. Actually, I guess it would actually be over 200 years uh, when I mention here what I'm going to say in just a moment. Yeah, just over 200 years it stayed within this Ruiz family, original Ruiz family. That's pretty awesome that you can have a house that stays within a family for over 200 years. Now it is actually, because of this, it's actually considered to be one of the oldest buildings, not just in Albuquerque, but in the entire state of New Mexico. So it has a lot of rich history going back with the Ruiz family. Um, I wasn't able to find a whole lot on it just with within that aspect as being a family residence. You know, it was just a private family residence for a couple hundred years. This It didn't stay this way because up until the early 90s, there was a woman by the name of Rufina Ruiz, and she passed away at the age of 91 years old. She was the last living Ruiz family member in this house. Now, of course, once she passed away, the home came up for sale on the market. Shortly after she passed, a woman by the name of Maria or Marie, I I saw conflicting reports from what I was able to find, Maria or Marie, anyways, everything, most of what I saw named her as Maria Coleman, purchased the house and actually wanted to renovate it into what is now this Church Street Cafe. She had this plan of renovating it into a restaurant turning into this place called the Church Street Cafe but because this house had such an old history with this family it's believed that the spirits of Rufina's her mother Sarah Ruiz was actually in the home uh, at even at the time when Rufina lived there but wasn't any sort of like um there was no nothing bad that happened she wasn't you know wasn't thought of being like evil or anything like that but once the house was sold and Maria Coleman bought it and wanted to renovate it it said that the spirit of Sarah Ruiz started coming out more and was not happy um she uh, maria she had a hard time finding contractors that would do the job that would want to, that would actually take the job and, and renovate um, because of this history with this house, um, once she was able to find someone to agree to do the contract and, and renovate this house, they, the contractors themselves, <clears throat> excuse me, had a lot of interruptions with just things with like materials and tools being misplaced. Uh, you know, they'd have a whatever tool, power tool, whatever they have, they're going to do something. And they'd set it down or whatever, and they'd come back, and it'd be somewhere else. It'd be moved around. They'd have to look around and find it. It's believed that the spirit of Sarah was moving these things around to disrupt them because she wasn't happy with them being there, tearing up her home. I mean, can you blame her? It's, it's her family home. Yeah, and she, she lived there and passed away there, and so did her daughter. They, you know, going back a couple hundred years. So, sure, it makes sense. You're going to have these spirits that are going to be in this residence, and now they're it's totally being changed they're not gonna be happy about her, right? So um it's also from Maria, it, she's actually described that she's seen a female apparition that is believed to be Sarah Ruiz and would actually scream at her telling saying, quote, get him out of here now basically talking about like the contractors that were there working, be saying, get them out. Like I don't want these men in my house tearing my house up and working on it. Um so later eventually Maria she actually started to communicate with Sarah's spirit and actually seemed to come to some sort of a a agreement or a truce if you will so she just started talking to her you know I I can imagine it was probably a lot of just like talking within the house uh, almost like to herself but you know directing it towards the spirit of Sarah and basically yeah I I wasn't find, able to find any exact like transcripts per se of what she said but you can imagine like she's probably you know telling her hey you know I'm I'm not here to try to do anything bad I just I want to turn your home into a cafe and and bring something to the people that live here and the people that come and visit so it seems like there was like like I said a truce between Maria and the spirit of Sarah so that, that's pretty cool I think that that's that's pretty neat that they were able to that she did that that she you know recognized and saw that there's this spirit here that's kind of wreaking havoc on them as they're trying to renovate and she said, "Hey, I know you're here, but can we work together? You know, can, can I can you let me do this, you know, I I understand that, you know, you're unfortunately your family's all passed on, but can you let us come in here and do this and and create this this cafe?" So pretty neat story. Now it is said that the spirit of Sarah is still there. Um, there have actually been employees that say that they will often see an apparition of basically what is described as, as Sarah Ruiz. Um, they'll often say that she's in a long black dress and there's even been, uh, customers that have reported, uh, feeling her presence as well in the cafe while they're there dining. Now, like I said, I've been there myself. It's a great little cafe. I personally have never experienced or seen or heard anything while I was there. Uh, perhaps I wasn't really looking or, or searching for that, that sort of thing, but, you know, maybe I'll have to go back there sometime and, and see if I can, uh, catch anything unusual or see anything or hear anything. But I thought that was a pretty cool one to start with. It's a kind of a neat story of, like I said, going back with this rich history of our city and our state here. and And I thought you all would enjoy that. It's pretty cool. So yeah, like I said, if you're ever in town, go check it out. It's a great little cafe. They have awesome food. So the next one I want to talk about, it's going to be really short. This one's actually a lot shorter story, but it's super, I was going to say famous, but I guess more infamous would probably be a better word. Um, We have a theater here in downtown Albuquerque called the Chemo Theater. Another great location if you're ever here in town. I highly recommend checking it out. I've been there to see shows. they put on live performances. Most recently, uh, I believe it was 2019. I took my daughter to see a uh, it was a Peter Pan production that was put on by a local children's theater um, supports it, it's all for like like a fundraising event and they put on the it's really cool. They put on shows here locally and they did this one at chemo theater that was Peter Pan. And I took my daughter, and she absolutely loved it. The cool thing was I was able to do it through my work. The company that I work for, we actually sponsor a lot of local theaters and churches and provide them with a lot of our products. And so in return, they tend to give us either free or discounted tickets to go see shows. So they gave us an opportunity to go see the show as employees because we support them. So I took my daughter. So that that's cool. I really like that. It's really neat. But again, chemo theater. Awesome little local theater if you ever have a chance to go see a show there I highly recommend it. it's a really cool place the building is fantastic just the architecture of it alone it's a really beautiful building even if you're just walking around downtown Albuquerque on Central just go walk by it check it out it's a really cool looking place I highly recommend it but if you can see a show definitely go see a show so what are we talking about as far as hauntings or spooky stuff at the chemo theater so it's actually considered to be probably one of the most haunted locations in Albuquerque. And it, this most infamous haunting is actually, unfortunately, pretty tragic story of this young boy named Bobby Darnell. I believe it's pronounced Darnell. Darnell. D-A-R-N-A-L-L. Bobby Darnell. I'm just going to call him Bobby. So anyways, Bobby was believed to be about six years old at the time. I say believe. He was um, from reports. Bobby was six years old at the time and unfortunately he was killed backstage at the kemo theater because there was actually a hot water pipe from a boiler uh, where you know a, a boiler heater you know that's was very common back then still is in some uh, properties and unfortunately it actually exploded in 1951 killing him because he was basically right near it and it killed him during this explosion so it is said that he now haunts the theater and the staff and the performers there at the theater so to appease his spirit and keep him from messing with production this is kind of a cool story the the staff and the performers will actually leave a donut or donuts backstage for bobby during performances typically on the opening night but uh, i saw the reports that said they would do it uh, every night every performance they would leave donuts backstage for Bobby basically as like a hey we're gonna, here we're gonna put on the show here's a treat for you just just hang out try not to do anything so basically the idea is that they'll leave out a donut they'll do the show they'll come back the Donut's the gone so it's believed that Bobby gets this donut as a little treat he's happy he eats it hangs out backstage enjoys the show show goes on no problems but it's said that should they forget to put out a donut for Bobby things start going wrong. They start having issues with the lighting, with the sound equipment, having malfunctions, things not working properly. So, of course, they're like, hey, we need to put a treat out there for this young man, Bobby, to keep, keep him happy during the show. He is probably the most, like I said, infamous uh, spirit there at Chemo Theater, but there are certainly others that are believed to be there as well at the theater. Again, I've been there myself personally. I've seen shows. I've never seen or experienced thing, anything there. I'm guessing they must have left donuts out during the shows that I've been to. So I certainly hope they did. But yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, now the the chemo theater has been around for about a hundred years now. It opened in the 1920s. There it there's a really good history on that building itself. Um, if you want to go look it up and check it out. It's pretty cool. I don't want to really get into the history of the building itself, but it's it's about 100 years old now. Um it opened in the early 1920s, so I just thought that was a pretty cool story with little Bobby there. It's unfortunate he, such a young child that that accident happened and killed him, but it's kind of neat to see that where you know you have these people that they'll put out a, a donut for him as a treat to make him happy during a show. That's kind of fun, I guess, but as long as nobody's getting hurt and everything's okay, cool. So the next one I want to talk about is called Hotel Andaluz. It's spelled A-N-D-A-L-U-Z, Andaluz. So the gentleman, Conrad Hilton, is actually from New Mexico. And this Hotel Andaluz in Albuquerque was actually one of his first hotels that he helped build. It's actually the fourth hotel in his portfolio. So that's kind of cool. That's a pretty neat little bit of history there. You know, the Hilton name is is global, right? You Everybody knows that name, right? You see the Hilton Hotels and all that, the the Hilton Dynasty, if you will. So it's pretty neat seeing that that history of, of it coming back to New Mexico. So it's his fourth hotel on his portfolio. That's pretty neat. It actually opened back in 1939 and was the first building in New Mexico to have air conditioning. Sweet. Awesome. Way back in 1939. Uh, over the years, the hotel it you know went through various renovations and upgrades, obviously to keep up with the times. Um, it's actually now featured on the National Register. Excuse me, that it bleh, it is now on the National Registration of Historical Places. Now, of course, with it being you know a, a Hilton hotel, you know no shortage of luxury, right? From everything I've seen and pictures I've seen, it is a very very pretty, you know grandioso. Type of building, right? Um, But there's also apparently a lot of paranormal activity in the building. So, guests that stay at the hotel will actually often complain that their jewelry has been moved around during the night, and many have actually complained of being woken up by the sound of a woman screaming. Now, I tried to look into some of the more history of this, like who these spirits are that are moving the jewelry or this screaming woman. I couldn't really find anything on it. Um, If you know any more, Please let me know. I'd, I'd love to know if you have any specifics about it. Um, but I just think it's kind of cool that hearing these stories of people say, oh, yeah, my jewelry's been moved, or hearing a woman screaming. Anyways, I just thought that'd be a fun one to add to this, this tale. Now, another one that I want to add is, again, another pretty well known one here. Even the name alone, a lot of people know this name here, is the Carrie Tingley Children's Hospital. Now the Carrie Tingley Children's Hospital is like it sounds. It's a children's hospital. They help kids, and it they actually do a lot of very good stuff here in Albuquerque and within New Mexico for children, for helping children. So of course it's an older building. It was first opened in 1910 by Clyde Tingley and his wife Carrie Wooster Tingley. That's where it gets his name, Carrie Tingley. Children were treated here for obviously a variety of of different ailments uh, uh, back then. Of course. Unfortunately, tuberculosis was running rampant, scoliosis, spina bifida, those are just a few of the things that they would treat children for. The currently now in, in modern days, the children is actually has been merged with the UNM medical facilities that we have here. UNM is the University of New Mexico, and they do have a large medical facility here that also do a lot of good stuff here in the area, not just being a hospital, but helping support things like this, like the Carrie Tingley Children's Hospital. Um, but of course unfortunately the spirits and ghosts of the past linger here in this building you can imagine it being a hospital unfortunately people do die right so there's been reports that in some of the uh, sections of the building that are no longer in use people report seeing glowing lights that are that coming from under doors apparitions hearing things seeing things moving uh, there are also reports of what people describe as like uh, energy fields or like barriers that almost make it difficult um, to pass through certain doorways or or hallways within the building. That's kind of interesting report, and and it's come from multiple reports that people have this these experiences where they'll be walking through a part of the hospital and they'll they'll try to go through a doorway or down a hallway to another area, and they almost feel like they're something there that they can't see is being imposed upon them and they can't continue forward now in the oldest parts of the hospital uh, people have actually reported that they experience hearing disembodied voices and here's a good spooky one even the sounds of crying children now that's one that in any story i've ever heard you know hear about crying children that's just how it just gives it gives me chills thinking about it you know it's like are these the spirits of children that died because of something traumatic some traumatic element that they had and now their spirits are stuck here and they're they're sad that they they're they're stuck that their ghosts their spirits are stuck within here so yeah i i've listened to other stories and podcasts about tales that have unfortunately have children in them and you hear that a lot about crying children that's just every time I hear about it it's like uh, it definitely spooks me anyway so uh, other reports say that people have actually heard like uh like sounds of heartbeats and even almost like like described as like uh when you have uh, like a, a pregnant woman has an ultrasound and you hear the heartbeat of the baby they say they describe it like that almost like that's the kind of sound that they're hearing that that's kind of a spooky one right thinking about that you hear this, this Ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. you know as you're in the hospital or walking around or going somewhere or whatever. Yeah that'd be that definitely would spook me too, along with the the crying children.. <laughs> um, and then lastly, there have been incidences where people have, of course seen figures. Now, of these accounts, most have described these figures as wearing black robes typically in the darker parts of the building or in dark hallways roaming around the hospital. So, you know, imagine that you're walking around this hospital, maybe you're working there, it's nighttime, you're on the night shift, you're a nurse, you're security, whatever, and you hear this, bump bum, 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 heartbeat sound, and then maybe later you hear the sounds of a crying child, and then you see some sort of figure in, in a black robe, if you will, Walking through a hallway. Oh, yeah, that definitely. Just thinking about that uh, gives me chills. You know, like I said, in some of these other places that I've been to, I've never been to Carrie Tingley Hospital. I've never been inside there, so I'm not familiar with this. I, those are a lot of the things, incidences that I, in my research, found that that people see and and hear there. So, sounds like they got some pretty good spooky stuff going on there. Obviously, it's a very old building. You know, again, it was built in 1910, so it's very old. Again, it's a hospital. Unfortunately, people do die in hospitals, so there's going to be a lot of probably very negative and bad energy in there. So you can imagine the kind of things like this that people are experiencing. I, I, I definitely am a believer that probably going to see and hear things um, like that in there. And I'm going to mention here in a little bit uh, towards the end of this some of my own personal experiences why I believe in this sort of stuff. The next one I want to talk about is a really good one. Um, I've never personally been here, but I've heard a lot of stuff about it. Uh, apparently, it's difficult to get in there. But we actually have an abandoned insane asylum, if you will, here in Albuquerque, and this also is considered to be one of the most haunted places in Albuquerque. But it it is I know it is pretty well secured and, and can be difficult to get in there. But people still manage to get in there. You know, probably hop a fence or whatever. But it can be difficult to get there. But um, but there are still a lot of people here, locals that aren't familiar with it the this abandoned asylum. Currently it is actually owned by neighbors that they do take trespassing very seriously. If you're thinking about going down there and trying to do some ghost hunting, I would definitely discourage it. Um I know I've seen a lot of reports online of people, you know, being arrested for trespassing because the neighbors will see people trying to get in or or that will will break in or that that's my warning I'm putting out there. If you live here or if you're in the area you know don't don't try to go in there and, and do something because they do have tr- no trespassing signs all over and apparently the people that own it are very very serious about that not wanting people to get in there anyways there have been people that have managed to get in there risk themselves and trespassing and all that to experiencing some paranormal activities there's one very common story that i saw in a lot of different reports that people see a large black figure who will actually follow people that enter the asylum so if you're with like a group of people going in other people that are like towards the back of your group if there's a few of you will have reports of saying that they see this large black figure like almost like a shadow figure following people into the building there actually have been photographs of this captured if you have a chance to get online and check it out go look at some of these photos they're pretty creepy. It's definitely worth a look if you want to give yourself a good spook looking at some photos. So yeah, go check it out. Go search it. You can find some good ones. Um, I'll actually, I'll see if maybe I'll, I'll try to add one and post it as the uh, the image for this this episode maybe. I think that'd be a pretty good one. So there there are some pretty good spooky ones. I, I looked up some. They're pretty cool. Um, now there's also a lot of people that do believe that these hauntings can actually be placed on Pretty much one person, a doctor. There is a doctor that is referred to as quote Dr. Samuel. Now this Dr. Samuel supposedly was conducting inhumane experiments on a lot of his patients, often killing them in the process. Now of course if you got a doctor that's doing experiments on patients and they're dying as a result of it, you're going to get a lot of bad energy in there. And yeah sure you're going to get a lot of probably very unusual Paranormal activity, black figures such as this don't surprise me at all. Um, you're probably going to have reports of people even being. You know, I don't want to speculate too much, but you're going to have a you're going to have things happen, of course, with that sort of bad energy. Um, it's often thought that the bodies of these people that died because of Dr. Samuel's experiments would just be dumped in the basement and would sit there to later be disposed of. So they've died as a result of some of these experiments, and then their physical bodies are just thrown in the basement, just disregarded whatever as trash, and then they later dispose of them as as they're rotting. So that, yeah, I can see bringing a lot of bad negative energy into this facility. So when these crimes were uncovered, the, the doctor, actually this Dr. Samuel, he actually went down to the basement and actually killed himself. He actually hung himself later after this. So You've got all this from the people that he was experimenting on, experimenting on, and then he went and d- committed suicide himself in the basement. Yeah, you can imagine it's gonna bring a lot of, lot of negative energy. So, I personally would love to go there and check it out. I think it'd be neat to do some ghost hunting there. But again, because they do take trespassing very seriously, I'm, I'm not gonna go risk that for myself. I'm not gonna put myself in that situation. Just from that alone, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Potentially get myself in trouble. But I think it'd be pretty neat. There, there is a lot of stuff out there about this place you can look up online. There's there's stories, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, if you're interested in more, check it out. But pretty cool place, pretty pretty interesting history. Now, the last place I want to talk about is another hotel. This is a hotel called Park Central. Now it it's one of the more grand hotels we have here in New Mexico. It's a you know it's a very neat, pretty looking building. Um, but again, of course, it's considered to be one of the very haunted places we have here in Albuquerque. Now, there is a rooftop lounge up there that has great views of the city if if you ever i've I've never been to this hotel, but if you ever stay there or want to go there to this rooftop lounge, check it out. it does have some pretty good views. I saw some images of it online it's 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 pretty cool um you know we have stunning mountain views here of our Sandia mountains here in Albuquerque and it's it's so open here. There's there's great view, great sunsets, etc. Just, yeah. So, anyways, this is a good spot to get good views of that. But of course, it's an older building and has its its uh, paranormal side. So, the building itself originally served as a hospital for railroad employees. Back in the 1980s, it was actually renamed to the Memorial Hospital and had a psychiatric unit. Even then, there were claims of hauntings back then already. Now, some of these psychiatric patients would were just insistent that they would be disturbed at night by unseen hands tugging at their bed uh, few, there were a few that were even that even believed were giving them their that were causing their mental health issues. These spirits that were bothering them. A lot of these patients said it's not me. Uh, you know, it's these spirits that are messing with me. You know how true that is. I don't know. You know, it. Obviously, they were already in there for some reason. But a lot of them claim that that their continued psychiatric um, issues, if you will, were caused by these spirits bothering them. Now, a former hospital and psychiatric facility, this hotel. It later on, you've got all this pain from all these these people suffering and whatnot. Patients and staff have actually witnessed apparitions around the, the building and have even experienced poltergeist activities. Uh, they've experienced disembodied voices. The, there's constant reports of people saying that they feel like they're being watched when nobody else is around. That seems to be a very common occurrence there. Um, so, you know, is this old patients that passed away there that are, are bugging guests that stay there? you know, and I don't want to put anything bad again, you know, if you want to go stay at this hotel, go stay at it. I'm sure it's a fantastic place, but there are reports of, of instances such as this happening there at this hotel. Um, let's see. I think I have a little bit more here about it. Oh yes. Okay. Here you go. This is what I want to talk about. So on the top floor of the building, on the right wing of the building, there is said to be a woman apparition that can be seen watching people so she watches people in the building Uh, this has been reported multiple times that they see this woman and like she's watching you back Um, people have also reported having bed sheets pulled off them in the middle of the night is it from this woman or from other spirits that we're not sure but that's a very common one as well these reports of bed sheets being ripped off in the middle of the night people also say that when they stay there they will suffer having bad nightmares when they're sleeping there, and they'll wake up in the middle of the night from having really severe night like really bad nightmares. A lot of reports I saw people claim, you know, they'll stay there and they have really bad nightmares while trying to sleep. So that that's unfortunate. You know, obviously, you know, it you're not physically being harmed or having anything physically happen to you, but that that can be really scary in itself where you're having a, a you know, a really extreme nightmare and you you know, report it as to being from some sort of paranormal entity. That that's really spooky. I personally myself have experienced things similar where I've had really bad dreams or bad nightmares, and the only thing I can think is it's it's coming from something such as that. I've had different weird dreams and nightmares, but I've had ones that are they are so odd and specific that that's kind of the only thing I could I can think it's coming from. That's, all, that's my personal experience in relation to that. Now, there's one thing I want to talk about. There was actually a paranormal investigation in January 2011 by a group called the Los Muertos Spirit Seekers. This is the, so three team members, they experienced unusual voices and whispering close to where they were at within the building. They also reported having distinct coolness near their bodies and that sense of being watched so like a lot of people that have stayed there have reported they're having a lot of they they had a lot of these same reports during this investigation after they reviewed all their evidence a lot of these experiences were actually captured on digital voice recorders so a lot of the, what would you call it, the evps uh, electronic voice phenomenon there they, they were able to capture a lot of a lot of these voice phenomenons on their digital recorders They also did what they call a flashlight technique, which is an attempt at communication with spirits that involves the spirits answering questions through turning on and off flashlights. I know I've watched other shows that have done similar kind of things where we'll have some sort of like a a light or something like that that will be like a very, you know, a low voltage light that doesn't run a lot of power. You know, something that runs on like a, a little like three volt watch battery or something and they'll ask spirits questions, and they'll ask them to turn the light on or, or make it flash however many times. So they did something similar to this in trying to communicate with spirits, and they were able to capture video of this, and it was successful. They were able to communicate with spirits and have them turn on and off this flashlight, basically, with. and a lot of shows I've seen before similar to this are, are like very simple yes and no questions. You know, I've seen some where it's like, you know, they'll ask them some question, or is this who you are, or are, are you a ghost here? Whatever it might be, turn the light on once for yes, twice. That's just an example I'm coming up with, but I've seen stuff similar to that. So they, they did something very similar to this in an attempt to communicate with spirits there, and it was successful. So I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat, that sort of thing, and, and seeing that somebody did this uh, in, uh, paranormal investigation there at this hotel. So I think that's really cool again don't be discouraged by this or by me if you are staying there at the hotel or want to stay there if you want to stay there to experience this stuff hey go for it you know you're on your own though you know don't anyways check it i, I think it's a cool place if you want to learn more about these places check it out that a lot of cool history and a lot of a lot of interesting and some spooky paranormal stuff going on in some of these places so pretty cool Stuff like this at the the Park Hotel, Park Central Hotel, excuse me, I definitely would have to believe is happening. Again, where you have investigations like this. I know some of it, you know, some people might not believe in it. You know, some of it might be able to be debunked, but I, I like this sort of thing. I like reading about these things. I like watching shows on this, Listen to podcasts about these sort of things. I think it's fun. I'll leave it at that. So I said I was going to talk about some of my own personal experiences that I've had in my own life that make me definitely believe in this sort of stuff you know I've seen stuff I've, I've watched shows whatever you know like I said a lot of things can be debunked as not being real a um, lot of old buildings I've seen things where you know they, they'll debunk you know lighting issues lights turning on and off to bad electrical things like that I get that but things that I have experienced myself I can only believe that they are coming from the spirit world. One I'm going to talk about definitely um, it has to do with my family my personal family. Um, I hope I don't offend any of you. Some of you may know in my family exactly what I'm talking about if you hear this. Some of you might not but this is my personal experience that I have encountered. So when I was a teenager my parents uh, I was actually 11 go back a little bit longer. When I was 11, my parents had a, a house built in uh, 1994 uh, on the west side of Albuquerque. We moved in uh, December when I was 11. Of December of 1994, I was 11. We moved in there. We never had issues, never had any sort of weird things happen in this house. Never. It was totally calm, totally normal. I guess I should give you a description of the house so you have an idea of this story. I'm going to tell you how it, it it works. So when you walk in the front door, there was stairs right in front of you. It was a two-story house. That was my dog moving, hitting something. So when you walked into the front door, there were stairs that went straight up in front of you. They went about halfway. They had like a landing that was like uh, give or take eight feet up. And then they split off left and right. And to the left and to the right, there were bedrooms upstairs. There were four bedrooms. So there were two on the left side, two on the right side. The two on the left side were the bedrooms that my brother and I had. So my brother had one and I had the other one. To the right split of the stairs were two more bedrooms and we used one as an extra bedroom like a guest bedroom if you will and we used another one as like um we had a couch in there my dad had a desk in there with where he would do work and stuff like that so almost like a lounge slash office if you will. Now the living room downstairs was behind the main stairwell and we had the couch sitting where if you were sitting or laying on the couch you could actually look up into the guest bedroom area and the this office if you will room you could see up into kind of that area now you could at the right angle if you were sitting just right you could look up into the doorway of the extra guest bedroom if the door was open you could see up into the guest bedroom you could see the bed that we had in there and all that so when we first moved in for years it was totally fine you'd go in there People would come and stay with us, you know, family, whatever. They'd sleep in there. We never had anything happen. Nothing weird. Nothing. No, no weird stuff occurrences ever happened. Now later, when I was a teenager, my great grandmother on my mother's side, so my mother's grandmother, she passed away. Now that she lived in Clovis, New Mexico, which is on the eastern central part of New Mexico near the Texas border. So we went out there for services and all that. Um, my mother, from her grandmother passing was given a piece of furniture. Now from what I remember of this it it was a very nice beautiful looking piece of furniture. Very old you know antique furniture. It was a a makeup table. It had like drawers in it for putting your makeup. It had a mirror on the front of it. It was one of those like that the mirror could flip over. It was all it was made out of wood. I don't remember how old it was you know being that it belonged to my great-grandmother you know who knows it could have been a very old piece of furniture. But I remember being just this really pretty wooden makeup table and my mother got it she inherited it after her grandmother passed so we came back home to Albuquerque after the services we had this piece of furniture and my mother placed it into the guest bedroom which it fit very well in there it it definitely suited that room and the furniture we had and everything it went very well with it it was a very pretty piece of furniture like I said I I really liked just the way it looked it was a very nice piece of furniture however Almost immediately after we got this piece of furniture into our home, things started to happen. Nothing bad. Nothing, I wouldn't say anything evil. Nothing Nothing like that. Things started to occur. We started to have, when you would go in that room, it would feel different. The air would feel different than the rest of the house. You know, if, if it was winter, we have the heater running. If it was summer, we'd have the AC running. The room it had a different feel, and it, it felt like a lot of people talk about with experiences like this. It felt cooler than any other room in the house. No matter what the AC or heater was set, depending on the time of year, it always felt colder in that room. As soon as you walked in that room, the bedroom, it felt colder. You just, you could feel it. It just felt different. Also, we started noticing things of like we wouldn't see a light turn on or turn off, but like we'd be in a part of the the house and you know, we'd be in the, the bathroom up there by that room, or we'd be in that room, or we'd be in the other office room next to it, and with a light on, and then we'd, we'd turn the light off as we leave, but then, you know, a few minutes later, someone would be like, oh, hey, you, you left the light on that room. I'm like, what? I did? No, I swear I turned it off, and you'd go up there and turn it off, go back, and be kind of, hey, are you sure you turned that light off? It's on again. What? I know I did. I went up there and turned it off. We started seeing that very regularly, and it was most common within those rooms. Um, I don't know if my my dad or, or mom experienced this. I'm sure my mother did. Unfortunately, she's not here with us anymore. She passed away two years ago. Um, but I, I know my mother, she was very much into this kind of stuff, the uh, very spiritual kind of things as well. I, I know her and I, we talked about some of the experiences that we'd had and shared some of the incidences. I shouldn't say incidences, but experience is a better word um, that we experienced and things we heard and saw. So I'm sure she Saw and heard some of this stuff herself. Um, So, yeah, that was a very common occurrence. Lights would be randomly on that that we knew we turned off. Um, One really good one uh, I don't know if my brother remembers this, but we were in my bedroom and I had a TV that was on like a little TV stand opposite the window in my room. Now, the room that I had was, I don't remember the exact dimensions. But I mean, it, it had to have been like, I want to say like 12 feet or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit bigger um, from wall to wall, wall to the, the window across. And uh, I had this TV that was basically directly straight across from the window. Now I had a little uh, Porsche Hot Wheel car that I would set on top of this TV. This is an older uh, CRT TV. So it was a big, you know, had this big box housing and it was plastic on the top the, the housing and everything. And it had a seam on the top of it where I would put this little hot wheel and I would rest the wheel in there so it wouldn't roll off because the top was at a slight angle. If you just set the car there, it would just roll off and fall on the carpet just in front of the TV. And it happened every so often. I'd bump in it or something, the TV would fall. I would, the, the car, excuse me, the, not the TV, the TV wouldn't fall. It, it fortunately was so big and heavy, it never fell. But the car would roll off and fall. And it would just fall like right in front of the TV, like like a few inches or a foot right in front of the TV. And I'd pick it back up and put it back on well I remember one time my brother and I were in my room doing something talking I don't know whatever it was the middle of the day and that little hot wheel car that I had there basically just shot across the room and hit the window and we just kind of stopped what we were doing we're like did that just happen are we really and I, I remember like trying to recreate it like and you'd have to throw this thing in it in order to get it to go like it would have to be a hard throw but you have to be a pretty good little toss to get the car to go across the room and hit the window it, it like it hit it and hit the window very hard so that was an unusual occurrence that I was like all right yeah all right it didn't just roll off and fall on the carpet right in front of us it actually like flew off the tv so that was an unusual one now there's another incident that we had a couple times I don't remember I don't know if my dad or my brother remember this either but it, my bedroom sat right above the kitchen and dining room area. Not, we had a formal dining room, but it was like, I guess you call it like a nook, if you will, like a, a breakfast or dining nook next to the kitchen. Um, and my bedroom was right above that. Now, there was a floorboard in my bedroom that if you were walking, you know, the weight of a person stepping on it, it would squeak. And you could hear it when you were downstairs in the kitchen or, or sitting there eating breakfast, eating in the breakfast nook, whatever. You would hear that floorboard squeak. And we knew it. was like, okay you know when in my room walking around it was you could hear that floorboard squeak and i remember multiple times when either i'd be home alone or home with just my brother or or we'd be everybody be downstairs doing something and you would hear that floorboard squeaking like somebody was walking in my room that one that was a very common one that we experienced a lot as well now the one that really brought it home for me and really all this together and this last one really made me a believer in what was going on and i'll explain that here in a moment I remember one night I was laying on one of our couches watching TV and again if you're laying the right way you can look up into that bedroom. I remember I remember it was nighttime and we we had some lighting in the house like it wasn't fully lit up but we had lights on so there was a lot of ambient light throughout the house. We um the the living room had big giant vaulted ceiling and there was a fan and lighting in there so that light would kind of create a lot of ambient light through the rest of like up into those rooms and everything. I was watching something, I don't know what I was watching. I was watching TV. And I remember just like having the urge to look up there, almost like like I mentioned in some of these other stories like being watched by something or someone. I don't remember if others were home. I don't remember if it was just my brother and I whatever, but nobody was upstairs. Whoever whether I was by by myself or whatever, I remember nobody was upstairs. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I glanced up there towards the room. Door's open. Whatever I could see up in there, like, all right, no big deal, nothing there. Look back to what I was watching. Within a few seconds, I glanced back up there and could clearly see, if you will, like a shadow figure, like a black mass standing in the doorway. There were no details, there was nothing specific, like no features, like facial features, no shape of hands or arms or anything like that. But it had vaguely the silhouette of of a woman, is how I would describe it but it was a black figure and it was like we were just staring at each other now this only lasted for a brief maybe couple seconds but to me it seemed like hours or or to be a cliche in eternity right um, but I remember staring at this figure and we were just looking at each other now I never at any point felt like scared or uncomfortable or like it was bad like or that like it was evil or anything but just, we were just looking at each other. That That's what it felt like. Like it was just two people just like that. Yeah, we see each other. You're there. I'm here. All right. No big deal. I glanced back to my, whatever I was watching on the TV, glanced back up. It was totally gone. I could see back through the doorway into the room. There was nothing there. And that instant when I looked back up, also the sort of feelings I had and sensations I had were totally gone. It was just like, everything was just like just nice and calm and still. So for me, I believe that that was the spirit of my great-grandmother with this makeup table that my mother inherited from her grandmother. Like I said, my great-grandmother. I am a firm believer that that was her spirit, that she was there just, you know, maybe just trying to say hi to us, communicating with us. Again, I never felt uneasy or uncomfortable, like, in the sense of, like, I never felt like it was evil or a bad spirit or anything like that, trying to do harm to us or anything like anything anything in that that sense. It always felt okay and and comfortable, even with some of these sensations and things we saw and heard. Um, And especially with that last thing that I saw, it definitely made me feel like, yep, that's her. It's my great-grandmother. She's just there checking in on us, making sure, you know, we're doing okay, whatever. Who knows? Um, But I do believe that she came to us with this piece of furniture. Now, I don't know what happened to this piece of furniture. I believe my sister ended up with it. I'm not sure, I can't remember what happened to it, but that was my experience with it. To my brother and to my sister, if you remember this or if you have any experiences with it, let me know. Even if any of my other family members have know what I'm talking about, please let me know. I, I, I'd love to hear it. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. So that was one of my personal experiences I've had that really makes me a believer in this, in this sort of stuff. Now there's another one I had few years later, in my early 20s, my parents moved to a place called Placitas, New Mexico, which is uh, northeast of Albuquerque. Um, from the house that we used to live in, that I just described, it's about 45 minutes away by car. Um, it's up on the northern slopes of the Sandia Mountains, where they live, it's kind of on the back side of the mountains. Really nice area. My, my parents, they bought a piece of property up there, it's a few acres. Very nice. I always liked it up there. Very, very pretty area um, just below the um, like the heavy forest line. there, like at 63, 6400 feet, something like that. Anyways, very nice, pretty area. Some forest, but not super thick, dense forest or anything like that, but really nice area. So I remember my mom telling me this story one time that she was out there and hearing the the, the voice of a woman like looking for something and she realized after listening to it that she was looking for a child like as if those woman was looking for her child who this woman was or who this child is i have no idea not sure and I, like i said i remember my mom telling me about this and i kind of thought okay i didn't really think of it i thought at first i kind of blew it off like uh whatever it's just a neighbor or something out there like maybe her kid was playing and and was running around they they had neighbor they have neighbors up there at this piece of property but they're not right next to you like in a suburban neighborhood they're my, my dad has a neighbor that's straight across the, the road from him, but then all the other neighbors are kind of spread out a little bit because they all have have property up there that are few acreage or whatever or more. So there's a lot of property you can walk around. And that's what my mom said. Like she was walking around and heard this. Again, I kind of blew it off like whatever. It's probably a neighbor that nearby she just heard. That was far enough away. couldn't really hear detail, but just could still hear it until I experienced it myself. I was walking around one time out there on the property just checking it out, and I heard this woman's voice and I'm like, I look around, I'm like, and I responded, I'm like, hello, is there someone there? No response, no response back. So I thought, okay, whatever. It's, it's gotta be a neighbor out there. I just, I'm just hearing off in the distance because it didn't, it didn't sound like right immediately next to me. It just sounded like it was kind of around, but then I heard it again, but it sounded closer. I'm like, okay, so same thing. I'm kind of like, look, I stopped, I looked around and just, hello, is somebody there again, no response. I waited a little bit, I just kind of stood there, looked around, I didn't feel anything, nothing felt odd or anything, but then I heard it again, it was a sort of like, sounded like a woman, like in distress, looking for a child, but this time it sounded very close to me, like within, like, if there was somebody there actually talking, I should have been able to see them, so I'm looking around all directions, there's nobody near me, I'm completely by myself out in this, this area, I'm like, okay, I, of course, I, I got spooked just because of it I never felt like it was bad or evil or anything like that I just I just got spooked in the moment because of it because I was out there by myself just out in this sort of area within this little forest if you will just totally exposed by myself hearing this and there's nobody else near so I thought all right yeah I'm I'm gonna go so I did I left and I never heard anything else but that too was another one experience that I had that just definitely drove it home like yeah this this stuff happens. I I, I really do believe in this sort of stuff that, you know, our spirits will stay here for whatever reason. Maybe we have unfinished business, like this female voice that I heard and my mother told me that she heard. Maybe she lost her child in her life. Maybe the child was, was, was died, unfortunately. And then later in her life, she's still looking. Who knows? You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, yes, I believe that sometimes our spirits will stay here on on this plane of existence and are either they have unfinished business or they maybe died or were killed in some tragic way and now you have this negative energy. Anyways, I definitely believe in that sort of thing, that this sort of thing happens. You know, I'm not trying to go out there and, you know, bring any evil spirits, you know, into this world or anything. I'm not doing anything like that, but I do believe that there are things out there that can only be explained as our spirits ghosts whatever staying around for whatever various reasons so if you're a believer awesome cool let me know if you have some tales or stories like that I would love to hear it I I find the stuff truly fascinating I like listening to podcasts about similar stuff like this I like watching documentaries I hope you enjoyed this episode I hope you had a great Halloween Uh, my kids enjoyed it we we had a lot of kids come out and do trick-or-treating a lot of cool costumes so it was a great day today is of course uh, the day after Halloween which here in our part of the world a lot of people know celebrate Dia de los Muertos maybe I'll do an episode on that that that's a pretty cool celebration as well so anyways thank you for listening I'm going to try to get some more stuff out this week if you want to reach out to me get in touch with me the best place is going to be email at our weird world podcast at gmail.com If you haven't found me on Facebook yet, check me out on Facebook, Our Weird World. I've had some uh, more people that have joined recently, so thank you. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Catch you next time.